You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 64 versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members only subscription tier on versusmikehistory.com. It's because that since 1619, Negroes have tried every method of communication, of transformation of their situation from petition to the vote, everything. We've, all, we've tried it all. There isn't anything that hasn't been exhausted. Isn't it rather remarkable that we can talk about a people who were publishing newspapers while they were still in slavery in 1827, you see? They've been doing everything, writing editorials, Mr. Wexler, for a long time, uh, you know. And now the charge of impatience is simply unbearable. I would like to submit that the problem is, that yes, there is a problem about white liberal. The problem is, we have to find some way with these dialogues to, to show and to encourage the white liberal to stop being a liberal and become an American radical. I think that then it wouldn't, when that becomes true, some of the really eloquent things that were said before about the basic fabric of our society, which after all is the thing which must be changed, you know. Uh, to, to, to really solve the problem, you know, the, the, the basic organization of American society is the thing that has Negroes in the situation that they are in, and never let us lose sight of it. Good family, we are back again for another episode of Versus Mike History. I'm happy to be behind the mic. It's a beautiful day. And I feel great because this past weekend was so wonderful. And I linked with so many of the homies from real life and social media alike. And there was just positivity all in the air the whole entire weekend. And, um, you know, there wasn't much that took us off the course of our celebration. Um, Juneteenth just became a federal holiday in the United States of America. Shout out to us. And this past weekend in New Jersey, we spent our time celebrating at Liberty State Park along with uh, the good homie Zay Black who organized the event um Flygerian and Showcase blessed us. Uh, Marcus Araya performed. He did his thing. There was a member of Naughty by Nature there. There was uh DJ Unique was there. Shout out to her. Um shout out to One Up who was on Marcus Araya's set. Um shout out to the Liddy Boys who covered Marcus Araya's set. Um, shout out to Mac who was on a grill. He cooked up some fire salmon and burgers for everybody. Shake was on a grill, I believe. I think he made some mac and cheese. So blessings to Shake as well. Um, and yeah, man, you know, it was a great time. 
shout out to all the vendors that came out. Shout out to Hadia and Ife Essentials. I hope y'all got y'all candles. Shout out to Brown Mill. Brown Mill was out there. It was a wonderful time, yo. If I'm forgetting anybody, I apologize. But, you know, celebrating blackness is something that I love to do. And, you know, a lot of people were upset after Juneteenth became a national holiday because it would mean that some people were like it would mean that white people will be able to join in on our celebration of, uh, you know, finally on slavery, finally ending in the United States, even after it was signed into a law. Um, nonetheless, we're here for a good episode. I got some good topics to get into. Shouldn't hold you guys for a long time. And uh, yeah, welcome back. So I'm realizing that in my long intro, I shouted out a lot of people, thus leading it with love. And I'm just going to go ahead and move on to our Black Spotlight. And this week for our Black Spotlight, we have Shikari Richardson. Um, I'm getting this from Yahoo Sports, so bear with me. After Shikari Richardson clinched her first Olympic berth into a dominating 100-meter performance on Saturday, she ran into the stands to embrace her family. When NBC asked her about the moment on air shortly afterwards, she revealed that her biological mother had died last week. My family has kept me grounded, Richardson, whose first name is pronounced Shikari. Oh, so I even pronounced it wrong. Said after competing her first Olympic trials in Eugene, Oregon. This year has been crazy for me, going from just last week losing my biological mother, and I'm still here. I'm highly blessed and grateful. My family is everything, my everything until the day I'm done. So Shakari Richardson, with so many emotions after earning a spot on a U.S. Olympic team and the track and field trials of 2021, shout out to this young woman for defying the odds, pushing through turmoil to get to where she wanted to be. Because at the end of the day, all she wanted to do was run in the Olympics. She wanted to be the best at what she was, and she's achieved what she wanted to achieve. And I'm really proud of her. And I'm really excited to follow her through the Olympics. And I hope that she gets everything that is deserved to her. So I'll give some more Shakari Richardson updates. But for now, shout out to her. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and get into our topics for the day. So I follow a man on Twitter by the name of Daiwan Tatro. And um, he was current. He was previously incarcerated. And now he um, is an advocate for prison reform. Uh, actually, he's a, the senior advisor in strategic outreach for uh, Bar Prison Initiative. And um, I found him while watching a, a, a documentary on Netflix about um, College Behind Bars, which is called College Behind Bars. <laughs> but um, he tweeted out, some breaking news that Connecticut just became the first state in the United States to make phone calls free for incarcerated people. This is a huge win in terms of phone justice because private companies like this company, he's uh, calling somebody out, charge families as much as $5 a minute per phone call. Thank you, Connecticut advocates. Worth Rises and Bianca Tylik. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about that really quickly, just because 
it's really important that we remember all of the nonsense that surrounds um, the prison culture in the United States of America in terms of how many, how much taxpayers pay to keep people in prisons, how much money private prisons get from the government, and how much money people who aren't in prison have to spend to communicate and provide for those that they have within the system. So I thought it was pretty interesting news. I wanted to share it with you guys. And yeah, it's really great. Um, Hopefully we see more states move towards this type of change in the future. There's no reason why you should have to pay ridiculous fees such as a $5 minute, $5 a minute charge just to speak to someone who's in the prison system when your tax dollars are already paying for them to be there. So I'm not going to get too deep into it, but I want to give you guys uh, a nice uh, ground level news story to, uh, you know, catch up on if you want to. So let's move on. Okay, guys, let's get into some more news about the never ending feud between Jay-Z and Dame Dash because Dame is being sued by Rockefeller Records over a reasonable doubt NFT. And I'm getting this from Revolt, so bear with me. Hip-hop mogul Dame Dash is reportedly being sued by his former label. Page Six reports that Dash, who co-founded Rockefeller Records in 1995 with Jay-Z and Kareem Biggs-Burke, attempted to sell Jay-Z's debut album Reasonable Doubt as an NFT, or non-fungible token. The outlet states that the lawsuit was filed Friday, June 18th in New York's Southern District Court by Ho's attorney Alex Spiro. Within the document, Spiro alleges that Dash had planned to sell at a Super Farm Foundation online auction on June 23rd the copyrights to Jay-Z's album Reasonable Doubt, recognized as one of the greatest recordings in history. That auction was canceled and Dash was is frantically scouting for another venue to make the sale. The sale of this irreplaceable asset must be stopped before it is too late and Dash must be held, held accountable for his theft. The suit also claims Dash can't sell what he doesn't own by attempting by attempting such a sale, Dash has converted a corporate asset and has breached his fiduciary duties. The court should stop Dash and hold him accountable for his brazen theft. Um, so I guess this is these are my thoughts, right? Because I was reading another article that I can't really find right now about how Jay-Z is also suing Jonathan Mannion currently because Jonathan Mannion was selling photos from his reasonable doubt shoot, Jay-Z's reasonable doubt shoot. So sure, if this is a situation where Jay-Z, where Dame Dash and Jonathan Mannion are working together to sell valuable pieces of the photo shoot that um, ended up, where photos ended up um, becoming part of the album package of reasonable doubt, or if this is a, or if these are these are two separate situations, but I do find it very interesting that Dame Dash and Jonathan Mannion both will be trying to sell Reasonable Doubt uh, style original Reasonable Doubt merchandise around this time. It's very interesting. Um, you know, I hope that I get to see a Dame Dash and Jay Z reunion in my lifetime. I don't think I will, but hopefully I will. I think that Jay-Z and Dame Dash have a lot of reconciliation to do in terms of how they both choose to conduct their businesses. I respect them on a business level 
both at such a high level but it really doesn't make any sense to me how they could kind of have parallel mindsets in terms of how to give back to the community and how to um you know give game to people that's coming up behind you but the two can't seem to make amends for the issues that they've had in the past i know that they're two different men with two different personalities and a lot of history to go back on but it doesn't make any sense that we're hearing stories like this in 2021 like come on bro it doesn't like you guys both make too much money jay-z is on the board of square now dame dash has his own platform dame dash studios so let's make this all work what else we got ah so i got some news that naomi osaka is pulling out of wimbledon to take care of um you know her mental health and take some personal time to hang out with her friends and family and um i find that interesting before the article i find that interesting just because um she spoke a lot about this and you know a lot of people thought that she just wanted free time to just hang out and chill but clearly if she's like not participating in the french open and she's skipping out on wimbledon she thinks it's clear that she needs time to you know develop herself outside of her matches and a lot of people have been giving her shit for this and i just don't appreciate how much you know backlash um she's been receiving all for making sure that her mental health is uh up to par for when she returns for the olympics so let me get into the article uh, I'm getting this from The Root, so bear with me. Tennis phenom Naomi Osaka is still putting her personal well-being before the game. As The Root previously reported, Osaka dropped out of the French Open just last month amid controversy over her decision not to participate in press conferences after her matches because she has, quote, open, often felt that people have no regard for athletes' mental health, and this rings very true whenever I see a press conference or, part or partake in one. Osaka, who is currently ranked number two in the world, and women's tennis even said even said she was okay with paying the tennis the fines that the tennis players received for failing to speak with the press as part of their contractual obligations but that didn't stop her decision from becoming a whole contentious thing in the tennis world so she pulled herself back from the sport she loves so much so as to not be a distraction now she's keeping the same energy by withdrawing from this year's wimbledon ESPN reports that Osaka's agent released a statement Thursday saying Naomi won't be playing in Wimbledon this year and that she's taking personal time with friends and family. She will be ready for the Olympics and is excited to play in front of her home fans. Wimbledon tournament organizer, the All England Lawn Tennis Club, responded to the end with a statement of support. So I'm glad that Wimbledon supports her decision not to play and also appreciate the fact that she will be playing again this year in the Olympics. So it isn't like she doesn't want to play at all. She just needs time, and I respect that. So shout out to Naomi, and let's keep it pushing. All right, guys. So for the last little bit of news, which isn't really even news, is um, I was on Twitter, and I came across this tweet from this girl named Shalon or Shalon. I don't know. She's a model, and she was speaking about how black TikTokers are on strike for making dances, and I thought that was very interesting. I thought that was a very interesting topic, and I wanted to touch on it just for a little bit because I'm not personally a TikTok user. I don't have an account, 
but I did um, see the app grow into what it is today very quickly. And I saw that it did that off the backs of black content creators. And one of the main reasons why I don't have a TikTok is because I saw that from a very early stage in the creation of this app, the algorithm was literally designed to push white creators to the front uh, of whatever people were looking for in terms of what's trending. And it pushed all the black creators to the back. This is interesting because black people took their talents to TikTok and completely showed their ass. Like we created a dance for everything we wanted to create a dance for. There are multiple hit dances that have been created from TikTok from this point that have launched careers of multiple people. And yet we still have a bunch of white creators running around uh, copying dances, copying styles, not giving credit to the creators that they're stealing from. And, uh, you know, potentially stealing bags from our creators. So to hear that TikTok, uh, black TikTokers aren't creating any dances for this newest song that Meg dropped, which is called Thought Shit. Um, and there has been like a, a reactionary uh, wave of TikToks being created by white creators that black creators are just choosing to laugh at. Is really interesting concept and um, not concept, but it's a really interesting uh, thing that they're going through. I don't know too much about it, but I just want to share that with you guys because I know a lot of people use TikTok and uh, it's very interesting. And it's a story that I've been seeing develop on social media for a while now. And I'll just leave it at that. I hope that TikTok black TikTokers are able to get back to creating the dances that they wanted to before. Hopefully they can move to another platform like Fanbase or um, something else that will appreciate them a little bit more. But until then, I'm wishing them the best. Let's get into some new music. Good people, good people. We have a significant amount of music to cover this week. Um, There have been a lot of releases and I kind of want to go through them because I feel like a lot of our music segments have been very short and um you know i just want to get into a little bit today so let's let's get into the shits so first and foremost um we have a delivery from her uh in the form of an album and it is entitled the back of my mind this album is phenomenal so far i've ran it uh i've ran it from top to bottom I played it in shuffle. I've found my favorite songs and um, I still feel like I haven't really completely taken in everything that this um, album has to offer yet because it's so fresh. Uh, I really enjoy it and um, you guys need to check it out. What else do we have, though? Uh, We got Wale and Chris Brown with Angles. That's actually the sound selection for this week. Tyler has a lead single called Lumberjack that is very dope. DJ Drama's on it. I'm hearing rumors that maybe Tyler's doing a Gangsta Girls album. Maybe it's just a concept with DJ Drama involved that has Gangsta Girls elements. I don't know. But the album does come out this weekend and I'm extremely excited for it. 
Queen Nigel and Jacquees, they have a new single that I actually enjoy. People like to shit on Jacquees, but I actually like his music. Um, that one's called Bed Friend. I thought it was called Best Friend. It's called Bed Friend. Uh, D-Nice and Kiana Lede, they have a single out. Let me try to find the name of that really quickly. Um, Rather Be. That So that's D-Nice and Kiana Lede. Gold Link, he drops off of he drops off his album um, entitled Haram. I haven't heard any of it yet, um, just because Gold Link has been on my radar since he did that weird shit uh, with that post about Mac Miller. Um, what else do we have though? Gucci Man drops off an album called Ice Daddy. I haven't heard any of that. Um, an artist named mars with two z's drops off an album entitled love letters with a z um or maybe not an album but an ep and i listened to a couple of tracks off of this project but i haven't heard the whole thing i did though enjoy what i heard so you guys should check out this um project from mars called love letters um we also have a single from Skepta and Rocky that's coming from the fa- uh, the Fast Nine soundtrack. That's called Lane Switcher. Um, and that's it. You know, that was way shorter than I said it would be, but um, there is a substantial amount of music that is out right now. The baby just dropped a project. Is no, the baby dropped a single. Uh, Ball if I want to. But the baby's been on weird time, too, uh, in regards to that whole situation, dealing with him and uh, Meg and Party and all of that. But I don't gossip, so I didn't want to get into all of that. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for music. I think there's a versus coming up. I don't know what the next one is. I feel like I should be a little bit more prepared. (laughs) But there's um, there's definitely another versus coming up very soon. Um, the next one, the next versus is definitely going to be a legendary one because it is Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy. And that is going to take place on June 26th. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to all the shenanigans that Soldier Boy and Bow Wow both bring to the table because, because they are both, uh, comedians, uh, on and off social media. And, you know, they are both very entertaining and, uh, yeah. I think it's going to be a good time. All right. And we're going to wrap it up with uh, our movie and television section, as always. So I'm really lacking in this category. I'm not going to lie, but uh, I'm really going to get into checking out some of the movies that have come out because I feel like I missed out on uh, reporting on some some hitters because I still haven't seen A Quiet Place 2. I still have not seen Conjuring and um, the only thing I've really been focused on television more than movies because, you know, movie theaters haven't been open and they're opening in. But, you know, ain't nobody about to be running to the theaters. Um, But in that uh, I have been glued to my television watching the Loki series and the second episode just aired. And it is really gearing up to be the best Marvel series so far. Um, I'm really liking the in-depth 
the in-depth um, look we're getting into the TVA in terms of um, how much of a bureaucracy it actually is. Um, additionally, it was very uh, entertaining to see Loki try to fool the TVA uh, who is following the superior Loki with his own Loki trickster tactics. That was very cool because they caught along very quickly or Mobius did rather. Um, I don't want to get into too much just because this is not the place for that. But um, we saw a lot of interesting things this week. Uh, and that ending mostly uh, where we see spoilers, by the way, where we see the time branches um, all peering off into Nexus events. It's really uh, going to be interesting to see the explanation of that, of why that happened and uh, what it means for the future of the Marvel Universe. A lot of people are speculating that this series is going to be one of uh, the series that actually does tie into one of the other series that ties into the Doctor Strange storyline that they've been boasting about for about a year and a half. And I personally don't see that yet. I do see it being a very integral part to the overall story of this phase of the MCU. But I do think that more likely we're more likely to see a connection between this series and the what if series that Marvel is dropping in. Uh, I want to say August ish. And the simple fact remains that Marvel is releasing a shit ton of content right now. Loki, the series is on and then we get black widow, the movie in July. And then we get, the what if series before the summer's over in August and then we get Shang-Chi in September and then we get Eternals in November and then we get Spider-Man in December so very exciting times uh I want to pivot over to DC for a little bit they just released a couple images from their upcoming Flash film it revealed the suit of Supergirl which I thought it was very dope um it also revealed Michael Keaton in his classic Bruce Wayne haircut, but fully grayed out. We also got to see an image of Ezra Miller as Barry Allen, not as the Flash. And, um, you know, I'm starting to get more excited for this film than I was in the past. We've we we, we were supposed to have gotten this film years ago, but the fact that um, we haven't yet means that the studio really cares about the project because um, it could possibly shape up to be a billion dollar franchise, which I have no doubt that it will will reach that just because of how popular the Flash IP is. To me, my personal opinion, the Flash IP is up there with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Spider-Man, the Hulk, Iron Man, etc. And um, yeah. I think that I think that they're doing everything that they can to uh, shape up that DCEU after all of the stuff that happened in the past regarding one um, regarding Justice League and Zack Snyder and um, everything that happened on the set, Joss Whedon and all those shenanigans. And um, in other DC news, actually, since we're here, 
there was that whole controversy about how on the upcoming season of Harley Quinn, there was a scene where Batman was, I guess, giving head to a Catwoman, and they decided that um, that couldn't be included in the series because heroes don't do that. And it would be a hard time selling toys uh, if the hero was giving head. But to that, I say Batman has been around for almost 100 years. Everyone knows knows who he is. He's been written by tons of people. So the fact that we're focusing on whether what he does in his private life is hilarious to me because it's a fictional character. He can literally do whatever he wants. Um, and yeah, I think that I'll leave it on that. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I do have Handmaid's Tale news to go over because that finale, sheesh, the Handmaid's Tale finale was amazing this week. We got to see a book in closing to one of the characters that we've been following for a very long time. And I think that the end of their arc is extremely satisfying. I will not do any spoilers on this podcast because I watch that show religiously and I try to put whoever doesn't watch it onto it. But I loved the Handmaid's Tale finale. Hopefully we get one more very, very strong season and then we cap it off there because it's looking like that this is looking like the story is pretty much over. So I don't see them stretching out the series for too much longer, but I think that anything more than one more season it would be a little ridiculous. And that's pretty much all I got for this week. Um, I'm going to catch up on some movies and stuff, so I have more to talk to you guys about. But that's that's been it, you know? And um, that's versus my history for you guys this week, you know? It's been very cool talking to you guys. And um, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. So as always, send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions you can follow the show on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram and the fan base app at Versus Mike History. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. And this week's sound selection comes from Wale. It is entitled Angles and it features Chris Brown and it's a vibe, a nice summer vibe. So enjoy and I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Oh. See the way you're showing up, girl, I can't tame you I can't blame you, yeah You know the way to pose, you know, you know your angle I can't tame you, I can't tame you, I can't I can't yeah. change it. Internationally known on this microphone. Holy field, Ross Craig. We had Tyson's though. Lonely nights, I'm alright. I can vibe alone. So don't be tired. I'm quiet, no inquiring though. I know your angles. Way back then, bitches, show your bracelet. Cartier stacking for days, look like Thanos. You saying the universe ain't grateful. I put infinity stones on all your fingers. Generous when I got feelings for who I got. Feelings for when I'm not. Feeling you, girl, I'm not. Dealing with other feelings. I feel that you fear a lot. Cause I be in my feelings. I'm giving you what I've got. Maybe I'm on your page. Maybe I got your heart. Maybe I can't love you cause I don't know where to stop. And chasing your potential. Potential ain't enough. I guess I am what I am. But you are who you was. What's up? 
See the way you show now Girl, I can't tame you I can't blame you Yeah, You know the way to pose You know, you know your angle Okay, this energy's giving me sex symbol Pose for me, girl, I think I'm the best with you Pose for me more, I think you're the best for me Now post when I'm done and credit your ex, nigga Hey, you petty, you flex different You know I be the plug, the one to connect with you Now go up in these stores and tell them who mess with you You know I take you home, but now you address different Woo! I ain't trickin', we clickin', I ain't trippin', you sippin', reposado, consider what I say my sentences, I be with hood, christen them, or the slime, it's shine for Lara, and I been poppin' back when Papa came out, I be like, shawty, shawty, put that shit on and take a pick, I bet you catch a body, 650, I pull up, they gon' 180 to us, they gon' be hatin' on us, but you be straight, then I be straight, and ain't no angle to it, let's do it, Woo. hey, press. See the way you show now, girl, I can't tame you, I can't blame you, yeah, you know the way to pose 